0: learning to code is easy here's how to teach yourself written by Scott Young July 2019 few skills scare people away like coding television portrayals make it seem like writing computer code is a genius level activity as weird symbols race across the screen and techno music blares in the background but the truth is that coding is actually pretty easy I'm not saying this to dismiss the work of brilliant programmers. A skill can simultaneously be fairly easy to get the basics in, while also being really difficult to master. Everyone learns to write. Few people learn to write well. There's no contradiction, therefore, in saying that basic literacy is an easy skill to acquire, in in the sense that the vast majority of us are able to do it, without dismissing the efforts of very talented writers. Nor am I saying this to mock people who are trying to learn programming and find it frustrating. Rather, I say coding is easy because I believe that almost all people, if even if they don't see themselves as particularly smart, have the ability to learn to write simple programs. That they don't is mostly due to some structural barriers, rather than an intrinsic difficulty with the skill itself. My experience coding. I've been writing programs for over half my life. I've taken a couple of university classes. I even worked through the content of a computer science degree online, which is totally unnecessary if you want to learn to code, by the way. In some ways, my background may seem to disqualify me from making statements on the ease of coding. However, I can say without a doubt that subjects like engineering, accounting, physics, and law are more difficult than programming. Most math you learn in high school is also more difficult, although you usually get way more practice with algebra than code, which often leads to a misperception as to which is more difficult. Learning to code is hard for a couple reasons. First, installing new languages is super frustrating. This is the first activity for a would-be programmer, and to this day, it's the thing I hate most about programming. So this can create this misperception that programming is really hard because newbies extrapolate the difficulty of getting set up to how it will be for every moment thereafter. Two, there are way too many languages, tools, libraries, and plugins. Starting to program is super overwhelming because there are a bajillion things to learn and you have no idea where to start. Three early classes tend to be populated with people who have taught themselves programming before. Thus, you may think you're not smart enough to program because of an unfair comparison. So, side note, I once knew a woman who got a master's in civil engineering, which is much harder than intro coding. And she told me with a straight face that she wasn't smart enough to code because of her first class. This is absolutely bananas, yet people fall for it because some nerdy kid who had like 10 years of prior experience is competing with them in the same class before the class even starts. The first moments of programming are the hardest. Getting set up is annoyingly difficult and often requires learning a new way of working with computers even before you write a single line of code. So consider the instructions for installing most languages. You open the terminal or command prompt. You type a case-sensitive exact set of instructions to download and install the language use GitHub, Homebrew. The version matters too. Are you running 32 or 64-bit? Because if you're not, it'll crash with a cryptic error message and you'll feel like an idiot. These tools are learnable like everything else, but they reinforce the impression given by television that coding is mostly using esoteric tools with weird, unfriendly user interfaces. When people see coding, they imagine parsing the green streaming letters of the matrix. When the truth is a lot more like following a recipe along step by step. How do you get over the initial difficulties? So there's a few ways you can do this. My favorite way is just to buy a book that will tell you exactly how to set up a language step by step. Most ones from the bookstore will teach the installation process, and if you can be meticulous at following them, you'll usually be successful. Alternatively, you can dive into internet tutorials, but recognize that sometimes they're aimed at already proficient programmers who already know what Homebrew and GitHub are and are fluent with writing commands into the terminal. If you get one of these, you can try to follow it, but don't feel bad if you screwed up. It's frustrating and it doesn't mean all coding will be like this. Another option is just to avoid setup at all. Just use some coding tutorial website that can teach you to code without needing any installation. I like this too, but sometimes you can't actually build the thing you want to build with these apps. However, if you hate the setup, this is where I'd start. Most important, however, is to remember that I told you this. When you try to learn to code, it will be frustrating to get set up and just accept that this is a small price to pay. Soon it will be easier and you'll do stuff that's cool. Don't feel dumb just because you get stuck here. I still get stuck here and I've been writing code for years. What language tool should you start with? This seems like a good question to ask, but I'd argue it's actually the wrong way to think about learning programming. First. Despite the fact that programmers often boast about how many different languages they know, recognize that most programming languages are only superficially different. Yes, I know all about language design, so don't tell me the importance of scripting versus compiled languages, or whether a language is strongly or weakly typed. Those things matter, but they're details. The basics of nearly all languages and tools are the same. Variables, loops, functions, pointers, stack, trees, hashing, recursion, these concepts exist in most languages. If you pick a mainstream language, you'll learn these in mostly the same way, so it doesn't matter whether you pick Ruby, Python, C++, Java, or PHP. The place languages do matter is what you want to use them for. Want to write iPhone apps? Swift or Objective-C are the languages of choice. Need to create web pages? JavaScript is going to come in handy. Yes, you can use almost any language for any task if you tinker with it and get the right plugins. However, some languages are easier to get started with certain types of projects than others. Therefore, the first question to ask is not which language should I learn, but which project should I start with? What should be your first project? I recommend starting your programming adventure even before you write a single line of code with a decision about a concrete programming project you'd like to create. This serves a couple purposes. First, it narrows down the language tool choices considerably. Once you know you're building a website, for instance, you're already leaning towards tools that were designed with that goal in mind. Second, everything you learn is connected to a destination. So as I document extensively in my book, Ultra Learning, transfer of learning is notoriously difficult. Learning directly works better than learning something and just hoping later it will help you. Three, you can work on something you think is cool. If you think it would be cool to make an interactive website, do that. If you'd prefer to make a game, do that. If you'd prefer to automate your accounting work so you're done in half the time as your colleagues, do that instead. Do what you feel is cool, and you'll be motivated to stick with it. In general, smaller is better when it comes to projects. Deciding to start with making the next Google is ambitious, but it probably will get you stuck in the weeds before you make much progress. If your true ambitions are huge, it's probably best to work on a toy project first. Many experienced programmers still do this when they're entering a new territory of programming. Toy projects take the essential ideas of programming that project, but turn it into something you can do in a few days or weeks instead of years. Examples of good projects include a basic text adventure game. So no graphics, but it still requires learning concepts like loops, variables, and input-output processing. A simple website. Start with just displaying a static page. Maybe add in some comments, users, photos, or interactive elements as you learn more. A simple app. What's something dead simple you could have on your phone? It can be stupid to start. Don't worry. A script for automating a tedious task is another good example. In general, programs are easier when they involve no multimedia content. So websites are a bit of an exception to that, but otherwise, if you're making a game, for instance, a text game is gonna be much easier than one with graphics, if only because making the graphics takes a lot of time. Similarly, different core activities have different difficulties. Arithmetic and simple calculations can be done repeatedly, Those are the easiest. Processing text for exact patterns is a bit harder. Processing text for vague patterns is harder still. Processing human speech, photos, and videos is is very hard. Now, if you do end up picking an initial project that turns out to be super difficult, it's okay to scale back. Make an application that calculates my mortgage payments is much, much easier than make an application that can tell you what someone's hairstyle is from a photo. It's often not obvious that this is the case in the beginning, so don't worry if you accidentally pick a hard problem to start with because you can adjust it later to do something easier. Which resources should you use? Once you've picked a project, the next step is to get some resources to help. This is a step many people worry over endlessly, but like the language choice, it's a lot less important and and depends a lot more on your goals than you think. I won't list specific resources because there are so many good ones that my suggestions are going to leave out some of the best. Instead, here's three strategies for finding good resources. First, get a book that teaches you the language plus a project you want. There should be a computer section in your local bookstore or library where you can pick any one of those. I like the O'Reilly books, but there's a lot of good ones. If you haven't figured out which language yet, just Google your type of project and look for suggestions. Two, attend a MOOC. Coursera, edX, MIT, Harvard, Stanford, and all others teach computer programming online. Once again, the thing that matters most isn't the exact class, but whether it teaches the language, project, domain that you care about. Third, take a tutorial program or website. Again, there are tons of these. I used Google's for Python the first time I wanted to learn Python. Stressing over which book or course to pick is the wrong thing to worry about. The main thing to do is to use the book or course to start learning enough to start tinkering on your project, not to master programming on its own. Starting your project before you feel ready is definitely the way that you should go about it. Do what real programmers do and ask Google. Once you actually start writing code, you're going to encounter many, many situations where you either don't know how to do something or you've learned how to do it before and you've forgotten. In these situations, you should do what real programmers do ask Google. (laughs) This isn't a shameful activity, but a part of real programming. I've been coding for years, and I always forget silly syntactical things, so I find myself Googling regular expressions over and over again. It's not bad. It's just part of the process. Once you've gotten yourself installed, you've learned a bit with your book to know the basics and have started working on your first project. You'll learn the rest by Googling and adding to your library of programming knowledge. Computer science theories, detailed understandings of the language you're working with, or advanced design patterns can wait until you've finished a few real projects and can feel like you can code something. Two caveats here, though. First, don't copy and paste. A first piece of advice when it comes to this step is never copy and paste. Copy and pasting is bad because you don't understand the code you're copying. If you have to transcribe in contrast, you naturally ask yourself, well, why this? Why not something else? Even if you don't have a great answer immediately, typing things for yourself will open your mind up to the answer, whereas copying and pasting shuts down thinking. Second, try it yourself before looking for a solution. So a second piece of advice is to always try to solve something yourself before looking up how someone else does it. Most problems have many, many ways that they can be solved, and the challenge is that expert programmers often know a particularly concise and clever way, but that often isn't the obvious way. And this can lead to the trap where you see a clever solution that employs tricky syntax and think, well there was no way you would have guessed that solution and believe you couldn't have solved it on your own. Now that's not usually true, but it's an unfortunate side effect of looking up solutions before trying to create your own. So should you bother trying to learn computer science? Computer science tends to be equated with programming, but in practice, the two tend to be rather different. Computer science tends to be a lot more discrete math, complicated algorithms, and fundamental issues of computation. Programming is a lot more practical and hands-on. A lot of computer science professors, for instance, aren't great programmers. This may sound like a professional failure until you realize that their job is mostly to prove things with a pencil and paper using math rather than write usable code. I did a whole project to learn computer science, so I happen to really like it. However, if your goal is mostly practical, I would not spend much time with it in the beginning. If you've done programming for a little while and finished some real projects, then diving into advanced algorithms, theories of computation, discrete math topics can be really fascinating. But if you start with these, it can be easy to get overwhelmed. So let me summarize my advice. First, learning to code is much easier than most non-coders think, at least to make simple stuff. The main reason for this seems to be because setting up is frustrating, there's too many options to start, and early classes are populated with self-taught whiz kids who make you feel stupid. Third, to teach yourself, you should, first, decide what kind of thing you want to make – a website, app, game, script, etc. – and then pick the language that suits best that app you want to make. Two, start immediately with a concrete project to build something small. Books, courses, and tutorials can help you get to that point. Third, when you get stuck, do what everyone else does and ask Google, as long as you don't copy and paste the answers, and you always try at least a little bit to solve it for yourself first. Fourth, learn computer science classes only after making some things on your own with real code. If you can get through the initial frustration and build a little confidence, anyone can learn to code. What's more, it's a skill you can use throughout your life, even if you never become a full-time programmer. Thanks for listening to this episode. More episodes like this can be found by searching for Scott H. Young Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Overcast, and most other podcasting apps available on your smartphone. If you've enjoyed this episode, please consider rating my show. It helps other people find out about it. More of my work can be found at my website, scotthyoung.com. Thank you.